the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observation, and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation, and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. Because as Jess J says, it's all about the money, money, money. And I also practice the related fields in my overall financial practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my reference points, as they relate to personal, familial, community, and small business finance, I've spent the greater part of the last 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people in communities of color, including indigenous communities. And because I grew up as a military brat and I helped create another one with my former military spouse, I know firsthand just how hard it can be sometimes financially and economically for our citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital-based economic system, especially after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. And as I've shared with you before, because uh, probably I am one of the most fortunate human beings on the planet. That is to say, I got to not only know, but spend a great deal of time with both my grandmas, and both my maternal and my paternal grandmother, both of whom survived what I consider to be the four great economic challenges of the last century. That is to say, they lived and through the Great Depression, the privations of World War II, and unfortunately, they lived 
through our system, systemic racism and misogyny that continues through into our society today. And as these women helped raise me and they loved me and they shared with me the great stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South, it is out of my great love and respect for these women who are always with me, urging me on, that when the situation is right, I am sometimes able to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors and disabled people who find themselves the targets of, and unfortunately more and more, the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that you could imagine that seems to be running rampant in our greedy society today. So, as you can imagine, uh, the purpose of Selwyn's Law is to discuss the law related to your money and more probably than not these days, the lack thereof and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate yours and or your families and or your businesses, financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational forum. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I believe you need if you're having a legal issue that intersects with your money or your overall finances or your assets or your debt. So today, we'll continue this, the topic we've been discussing for the last couple of weeks. That is to say, how do we gain a better understanding of the current state of our economy? We need to know how it works, how we got here, and when we can move on to a better phase. So a couple of weeks ago, we took a look at the generic causes of inflation and the fact that the disruptions in uh, the global oil manufacturing subcomponents and food provisioning supply chains bought on by COVID-19 and its aftermath uh, and also the war in Ukraine and how they impact the costs of gas and finished goods and foodstuffs, not only here in the United States, but around the world. To the point, you know, that some of our brothers and sisters in Christ in poor nations are facing starvation. Then last week, I kind of geeked out about how, when, and why economists determine that a recession has or had started in retrospect, because even though most of the prognosticators don't believe we're in a recession right now, the continued use of short-term interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve Board and other um, bank, central banks around the, uh, the globe, in combination with inflation, just might push us into one. And for that reason alone, the continued possibility of a recession in the next several months, and more importantly, what I consider just us having good economic hygiene habits. For that sake, I believe we all need to have a good understanding of what a recession is 
and is not. So with that level setting out of the way in the last few weeks, as I promised, we'll discuss what we can and must do to prepare for the next recession. Because now, as we all know, they, again, recessions, are an inevitable part of every evolving, ongoing business cycle that we all witness each and every day. So my source materials for our discussion today are How to Survive a Recession, and it was co-authored by Ara O'Regan. And again, I'm sorry for not, if I'm not pronouncing your name right. He's a, he's a CPA, and um, that particular title can be found on the platform WikiHow to do anything. And it's dated January 28, 2022, and it's located at www.wikihow.com forward slash survive a recession number related WikiHow. And the second source is how to re- survive a recession and thrive afterwards. And it's a research roundup by Walter Frick, and it was published in the May-June 2019 edition of the Harvard Business Review magazine and can be found at the Harvard Business Review website located at hbr.org forward slash 2019 slash 05 slash how to survive a recession and thrive afterwards. And the final source is my own research and writing. Now, to summarize the suggestions of these three authors, um, if you don't already have one, this is the first thing you need to do. If you don't already have one, and this is coming from me, and if you don't already have one, you need to create a personal and business budget. You need a good budget for good economic hygiene because if you don't have a roadmap showing you where your money is coming from and how you use it each month when the economy is going well, you won't know what you need to do to be able to make adjustments when we try to survive an economic downturn. Secondly, you need to have a strategy for preparing for the recession, including creating an emergency fund. You need to do that while you're not in a recession. You need to be doing this on an ongoing basis. We all need to be paying down and hopefully paying off our debt. We need to diversify where we put our money for investment sake. We also need to be creating additional income streams. Put our little children to work. (laughs) I'm just kidding. The, The third thing we need to do is have a strategy for surviving a recession when it comes on. We, how you do that is first you have a frank discussion with your entire family, your entire tribe about how um, your household finances are structured. And so you can act as a cohesive unit during the economic downturn. Won't be any yelling or screaming or, you know, fraying or being all upset because we're all on the same team and we're all pulling in the same direction. So you need to talk it over with your family. You need to reduce your expenses. You need to keep money flowing in. That is to say, 
You need to do all that you can to keep your job because during a recession, your employer might think it appropriate to lay people off. You need to make sure that you're not in that group of people that are going to get laid off. And I'm not talking about being a brown nose, although there's nothing wrong with a brown nose because my nose is brown. But you need to do what you can to make sure that you keep your job so you can keep money coming into the family. And you need to keep saving. Don't stop saving because of a recession. Keep putting money aside. And you need to do what you can to enjoy your life, even during a recession. Don't let don't bring on a recession depression in your own mind. So when we come back, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what we can and must do to prepare for the next recession now, as we now know that they are an inevitable part of our business cycle. But first, we're going to take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we dig a little bit deeper and discuss what we can and must do to prepare for the next recession, as we now know that they are an inevitable part of our business cycle. As such, we need to develop a plan to put in place the kind of economic hygiene we need to make sure that we and our families and our small businesses can survive and maybe even thrive when the next recession comes along. But before we get on to that topic, I want to take a pause to thank those of you who have taken the time to reach out to me over the last few weeks to share the fact with me that You, like me, are both persons of faith, and yet nonetheless, you also believe, like me, that a woman in consultation with her God and her physician must have the last word when it comes to her own bodily autonomy. Period. End of line. End of paragraph. End of story. Now, this is especially the case after what seems to be, in my opinion anyway, a concerted effort by some states to continue a process that was begun by the conservative majority in our Supreme Court in the Dobbs decision to take away a woman's right to control her body and place that control in the hands of legislative bodies and others without her consent. To me, that's not tenable. And in as much as that seems to be what's going on, Um, We need to do something about it. But you know, what really surprised me by the people that reached out to me was the fact that I not only heard from individuals, men and women of all stripes, sharing their thoughts, I've also heard directly and indirectly from a number of members of the clergy who also share this view. In fact, one minister was kind enough to send me a copy of the official statement of the Women's Task Force of the Parliament of World Religions on the Dobb decision overturning Roe versus Wade dated August 1, 2022, which is located at 
parliamentofreligions.org forward slash women's dash dignity, which states in pertinent part, the Women's Task Force of the Parliament of World Religions condemns the majority ruling of the United States Supreme Court in Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization, overturning the constitutional freedom guaranteed to women under Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. The Women's Task Force recognizes the global impact of this decision and stands resolutely with women and girls in this intolerable loss of freedom. We affirm that the dignity and human rights of women and girls begin with their bodily autonomy and their right to reproduce, reproductive control, and health care. The Declaration for the Dignity of Human Rights of Women, unanimously adopted by the Parliament of World Religions in 2015, states that, and I quote, Institutions in which women are given little or no voice impose constraints on women's basic freedoms to control their own bodies, end quote. This opinion is shared by the dissenting minority opinion drafted by Justices Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan. And I quote, Whatever the exact scope of the coming laws, one result of today's decision is certain. The curtailment of women's rights and their status as free and equal citizen, with sorrow for this co- court, but more for the many millions of American women who have today lost fundamental constitutional protection, we dissent, end quote. The effect of the Dodge decision is the imposition by a government on the beliefs of some religious groups on all those who do not share these beliefs, including members of other faiths. And I'm going to interject here, uh, people of the Jewish faith and also people who follow Islam. Continuing on with the Parliament statement, we agree with Parliament's July 3rd, 2020 statement on Dobbs. Among the world's religion and also within individual traditions, there are a wide range of views of when personhood begins and no general consensus exists. Nor is there agreement within the scientific community as to when life begins. In, end of their comment. So, I just want you to know the Parliament of World Religion, which was founded in 1893, I didn't know this, has participants from more than 200 diverse religions, indigenous and secular beliefs, and has attracted more than 80 nations to its international gathering, the next one of which will take place in its founding city of Chicago on August 14th through the 18th next year in 2023. Now, these parliament conventions are the world's oldest, largest, and most inclusive gatherings on the global interfaith movement. Nearly 60,000 people across the world, including His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, His All Holiness, Eminical Patriarch Bartholomew, UN Messenger of Peace, Jane Goodall, 
Nobel Laureate Desmond Tutu and former President Jimmy Carter have all convened in this assembly with the enduring commitment to peace, justice, and sustainability through the lens of interfaith dialogue and cooperation. You know, I don't usually identify the folks who contact me by name, and I almost decided to do this today, but I'm not. I'm going to keep uh, the confidentiality of those who, who reach out to me. But I must thank the Reverend who shared this wonderful organization with me. And I have to let the rest of you out there in Radio Land know I'll share more about the Parliament after I do my research and I have more to share. But let's get back to our collective need for economic hygiene. Again, the source material of our discussion today was How to Survive a Recession that I found at WikiLeaks, no, WikiHow, that's W-I-K-I-H-O-W dot How to Survive a recession. The second is a wonderful article from the Harvard Business Review, and that's entitled How to Survive a Recession and Thrive Afterwards, and it's found at hbr.org, and then my own uh, research and writings over the course of my life. <laughs> so, WikiHow says this is what you must do to prepare for a recession. Again, you have to create an emergency fund. If you don't already have an adequate emergency fund set aside, you need to have a specific goal and time to put that money together. Generally, you need a fund of at least three to six months of your your expenses. So that means what you have to be doing before the recession hits is setting aside 10 to 20 percent of what you make put 10% into an emergency fund and put 10% into an investment portfolio. You also, the second thing you need to do is pay off your debts. You and me and everyone else should always work to be debt free. But when a recession is coming, it's even more important to do so. You need to focus off paying your debt with the highest interest rate. And that usually means your credit card debt. From there, you pay off the lower interest rates, and then you work to get rid of all of your debt. And then by doing that, you can increase the amount of savings for your emergency fund and also for your investment portfolio that you're going to use to fund your children's education and your retirement. The third thing you need to do is diversify your investments. As we know, the stock market went down about 20% the first quarter of the year. It's slowly creeping back up. But if you had all of your money in stock, you might have gotten wiped out. <laughs> so you need to have money in stocks and bonds, and you need to have money in real estate investment trusts. You need to have money in your home, your real estate that you own. That way... Um, it, things will kind of balance out and it, hopefully you won't get totally wiped out. You also need to create additional income streams. Consider a, a part-time job. This is what <laughs> things are going well. Part-time jobs so you can stash away money for the rainy day that is always, always, always out there on the horizon. So the next time we get together, we'll discuss 
a little bit more about what we can do once we're in a recession, but we're going to leave it there for now. And as always in closing here at Selwyn's Law, we want to stay on the right side of the law, including the right side of the laws of finance and economics that will keep our our own economies, that is to say of our families and our small business, and our overall society afloat. But as always, you know, I don't know what's going on in the world. COVID is still out here, so we need to still mask up, get vaccinated, keep our social distance, and um, that way we'll all be around for the next time when we get together. Till then, till then, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.